Today's daf is Ayn Ta'alid. We're starting at the bottom of Ayn Gimel Amid Beis. Uh, three lines from the bottom. This is really in the middle of a brisa. This is the last part of the brisa teaching that there are certain people, because of the situation that they're in, they have a certain level of believability. And so the case over here is Neman Baal Mekach Lomar Lezemachat Machati. The shopkeeper, the person who sells the wares, has the believability to say, I sold to A and I did not sell to B. Means if let's say two buyers are arguing as to who purchased the item, the shopkeeper gets the final vote. He says, I sold it to A, I did not sell it to B. Now we're gonna see exactly the scenario over here. We're gonna learn this like Rashi. Again, there's Machlok's Rashi and Tosmas here. We're gonna read this through like Rashi. Sigmara so says like this. Um, so, so, uh, Someone says, what's the case? When do we say the shopkeeper still has believability? Is if he still is holding on to the, uh, the, the, the merchandise. I Meaning we're going to see in a moment what the, what the, who gave the money or how the money was given. But the way Rashi understands it, why does a shopkeeper have a believability? He says, because there is a curse. If you go into a transaction with someone and he's given the money, even though the halacha is that the sale is not completed until the merchandise has been handed over, if you backtrack, if you renege, so then there's a curse. It says the Misha Parador, the one who cursed the, uh, who punished the Dor Hamabul, the, 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 the flood, the, the generation of the flood and the generation uh, and, uh, of, of the dispersion, he will curse a person who does not keep, uh, keep the integrity of his word. So therefore, that gives a certain level of believability. You're not going to lie and say, oh, I sold it to this one instead of that one. You believe to say, but the Gemara is saying, it's because you still have it in your hand. Once you let go of the merchandise, you don't have that level of believability because it's really the curse. It's not on you anymore. It's not, it's not you, you, you're done. Right or going into the other is showing him is that that you're not focused anymore. Once you've got the money and the merchandise gone, you're not thinking about. You're on to the next sale already, so therefore you lose your level of believability. But the Gemara's question over here is: so therefore, if we're talking about that he has the uh, merchandise, then the person who says that it's mine should be the one who gave the money. Let's see who gave the money. That's the one question is. So if it's Mekhabiyada, once the merchandise is out of his hands, Ainunim is not believed. Frag the Gemara like this. One second. If we're assuming that one of them gave the money, then that should be the determinant. Is that the Venexi Zuzi Manaka? Let's see who took the money from. All right. And we're assuming right now he only took it from one. But if that's the person he took the money from, then that's the person Lechora the sale was made with. So the Gemara says no, because that's not what happened here. Lo, Tzricha, the case is necessary to knock him He took money from both, meaning he's explaining, one gave me the money, and one like threw the money at me, like forced me to take it, right? And it's not known, I don't remember, and we don't have any Adem to testify as to which one was the one that threw the money at him, or which one gave the money at him. We can't tell. There's no way for us to know. Now, so therefore, in such a case, then in, if he still has the merchandise, then we say, he's believed to say which one gave him the money uh, uh, willfully, and then he's believed. 
because he doesn't want to be over the, the, the Mishaporo. But if he already gave up the, 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 the merchandise and the two of them are fighting over it and they both gave him the money, in such a case, he's already checked out he, or he's, he doesn't have that believability anymore and therefore he will not be believed. But that's the scenario here. This is the way Rashi learns. Let's go back to him. Neman Dayan, a judge is believed Lomar Lazem Zachisul Zechayavti. You have a case, two people come to the, uh, uh, two litigants are in front of him, and he says that, uh, a, 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 he says to A, I, uh, I, I, I ruled in his, in his favor, and I ruled against Chayavti, and I ruled against B. All right? A and B are arguing, they're saying, is that's not what happened. So he's saying, no, this is what happened. I found favor of litigant A, and I, I ruled against litigant B. So it says the judge is believed to say that. You don't need to aid him. He's believed. His word, his say-so, you can follow that ruling, right? Depends on the situation. It's if both the litigants are still standing there. They're still in court. They haven't left the court. So therefore, he's believed. But let's say they already left He's no longer, they're no longer standing in front of him. And now this issue comes up. And he will no longer be believed because again, once they're out of mind, out of sight, out of mind, if they're not in front of him anymore, he does not have the focus on taking responsibility as to what my ruling was. And at that point already, we cannot rely on his say so as to who he awarded the verdict. The one that says like this, every based in had someone was called, a, working there was called a Safra the Dina. The Safra the Dina used to write a document after the ruling of the judge and hand the document to the person that, the, that it was, was ruled in his favor, saying you, the ruling is in your favor, and that's the proof. So why do we have to listen to the judge altogether? Just let's follow the document, and let's see what the document says. Let's see who's holding the document that says that the judgment was in his favor. The case is talking about that the document has been torn up, means in a state, we cannot trust it anymore. The veracity of it has been lost because of the state that it's in. And therefore, we can't rely on the document. Now we have to rely on the judge. When can you rely on the judge? If they're standing in front of him. But if you don't have the judge, they're not standing in front of the judge, then you cannot rely on it anymore. So what it says like this, if we don't know exactly what happened, so why can't we just re-judge, re-adjudicate the case? Go ahead and, 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 and do the case, do a, do a do-over. Right? Whatever principles, whatever legal principles were involved in ruling for A over B would still be there, and you should still come out with the same fa- uh, outcome. They shouldn't change, the, the information shouldn't change. A should be awarded to A and B. Why not just do it again? So, what I say is a very important point over here, right? Is like this there are certain rules of uh, outcomes of cases that follow clear-cut guidelines. There's a case where you say Yachloku, where they divide 50-50. There's called Alam Gavar, that the one who has shown more, has more power, he had awarded to him. There's a number of different, Yehimunach, you have to leave it until Eliyahu Novi comes. There are different formats that follow legal uh, precedent. There is one type of ruling that is called Shudah Adaini. Shudah Adaini literally means, it's like the, the, the throw of the judge. The judge, it's up to the judge's discretion, which means there are certain cases where there is no hard evidence, black and white evidence to rule in favor of A or B. 
But in certain scenarios, what either it's the Torah allows or Chacham allows, discussion of the poskim, that we give it up to the discretion of the judge. Now, how that works exactly, Rashi brings down a case where a guy on his deathbed said, I'm leaving my assets to Tuvia, my neighbor. And the problem is that he has two neighbors that are named Tuvia. All right? So, and neither one can prove for sure that it was him. Under such case, there is a certain judge's instinct. The judge has the right to go ahead and give it to A over B. That's called Shudadadaini. Now, it's actually a machlokas Yerashi and tells us how this works exactly, but it seems that you cannot be assured that if you go and do this case again, you'll come out with the exact same outcome because it's not based on clear-cut legal precedent. It's based on either the feelings of the judge, according to Rashi, or Tozva says it's a Hefker based in Hefker to avoid Machlokas. But either way, you don't know that it's going to be replicated. And therefore, in this case, we cannot say, go ahead and do it again, because the should have die any case, we cannot say, do it again. That's the case over here. You're right, it would be a regular following legal precedent and legal, regular uh, legal rulings, then let's do it again. Now, I, the way I understand this, I haven't really spent uh, too much time on this, uh, this, this time, time round, but what I understand is that it must be talking about that one of the litigants are refusing to allow it to be done again. He says, no, I wanted, to, I, it was in my case favor. I, but let's say both litigants say, listen, we're willing to accept whatever the new rule would be. The Chorah, there should be no reason in that case you don't go ahead and adjudicate again if both of them do it. I don't see any reason not to. But it must be told by that one of them saying, no, I don't agree with, meaning in a regular case, one say, I don't agree. No, then I don't care what you agree. The outcome will be the same. It's got nothing to do with your agreement. But yeah, the outcome might not be the same. One of them can say, I don't agree with it. So that's the case over here. And that's why if, if they're standing in front of the judge, the judge is believed. Once they've left the, the presence of the judge, then he cannot, he, he, we, we don't give him that believability anymore because it's out of sight, out of mind. Let's go weiter. Amr of Nachman. There are three parties that have at some point in time believability as to which child is the firstborn. We touched on one of these cases yesterday. Chaya is the midwife. Aviv, the father, the imo, and the mother. Chaya, the case of the midwife, is the altar. We talked about that yesterday. If she is, was machlokas, whether she's still in in the room with the baby, or she's still facing the mother. But she is the one that delivers the babies. So if it's twins, she can say, this is the firstborn. She, at the time of birth, is the one that has that believability, and that creates the, uh, the, the precedent that this is the firstborn. Okay, that's at, at that stage, at the time of birth. Imo calls Shiva, the first seven days, if it's a boy, obviously it's a boy, we're talking about a Bechor, if it's a boy, so therefore, the boy hasn't had Brismila, and Rashi explains, up till Brismila, the mother is the one that has the greater attachment to the baby, and therefore she is believed as to which one is the Bechor, which one is not the Bechor. And the the father, Aviv, Le'olam. Now Rashi learns Le'olam means from the eighth day and on. From the time of Brismila, that's the bond that's connected with the father. And Rashi Shita is that it's only the father 
from that point and on. Right? It's rather the, but it's, it's interesting. Leola means always. Rashi learns always meaning for, from now and on. The Rambam actually means always means from the time of birth. But what is it based on? Because the Pasuk says that, uh, that the father has the right, Yakir. Yakir means he will recognize the firstborn. That gives him a special believability. He has that solely, but again, according to Rashi, that starts from the eighth day and on. He is the one that has the believability. Kasanya, Yakir, Yakiren Elacherim, means that he can... Uh, recognize, identify the child for others to be believed that this is the firstborn. So the Khan Amr of Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda wanted to base upon this drasha the following. That a person is believed to say, this is my firstborn son. And just as he's able to say that this is my firstborn son, he's also believed to, change, to give the genealogical status of the child, not just for financial purpose, purpose, purposes. That, that he, ident- he can identify who his child is from the Pasuk means that he can even say that my son is disqualified because his mother was either a Grusha or a Chalutza and he's a Chalal and even if I'm a Kohen, he is not a Kohen. So that is Rabbi Yehuda Shita, Yakir, he has the right to identify the status of his son. Chachamim say the fact that the Torah says he can identify who the firstborn is, that's for financial purposes. That does not give the father the right to identify the child in terms of being a Ben Grusha Ben Chalutza. That you don't have a proof of because Yaakir Stolman's solely for financial purposes, not for genealogical disqualification. Let's go weiter. The end of our Mishnah, the first Mishnah we had in the Perak, said, Abba Shaolai Akorle Beduki that he referred to a shtuki, right, which was a Suffolk mamzer where, the, for, where we said that the mother tells him, be quiet when there's somebody uh, asks, uh, he, when he's asking people about who the father is, right? So it's a Suffolk mamzer because we're concerned that perhaps, you know, that the person that she had relations with might have been someone that uh, result would, would, be, would be a... Uh, cause a child to be a mamzer. So, right, so we said that on that ruling of the Rachamim came along Abashol, and he would refer to a shtuki as a beduki. So my beduki, what does it mean that he's called, that he would call him a beduki? Maybe it means, bedika means an investigation. It means what he is saying is that, the, we, that we have a right to ask the mother clarify for us the status of the person you had relations with. And therefore, and if she says that the, the person was genealogically kosher, that he's not, he would, she, he's believed. I mean, he might even be kosher now to marry, uh, he, he might, if it's a daughter, she could marry a Kohen, right? That it could be that, that uh, that's what it's coming to Baduki, meaning, yes, if, if we don't have the mother to ask, or the mother is not willing to tell us, then that's a problem. But if the mother can identify for us who the father was, so that's what he's coming along and saying, that, that's, that, that, that the mother's believed. So Mara says the problem with that is, is that, come on, whose opinion would that be following? That would be like Rabbi Gamliel. In Maseches Ksuvis, we actually had a machlokus Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Yeshua seemingly concerning this particular uh, 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 situation, whether a mother 
mother's pregnant and we ask who the father is, right? So we had a machlokus over there. It actually didn't say who the father is, but she's saying that, uh, that the person who had relations with me was kosher and, and, and there's machlokus there between Rabbi Gamaliel and Rabbi Yeshua. This would therefore saying that if you tell me that beduki means that we can investigate and the mothers believe, that's really the sheet of Rabbi Gamaliel. And then the question is, so why do we have here in Kedushin uh, the same principle being brought down when Rabbi Gamaliel already mentioned that in Meseches uh, Ksuvis, why not just put down Abishol together with Rabbi Gamaliel? Why replicate it a second time here in Meseches Kedushin? So when it says like this, so therefore, whose sheet is that? Come on, that's going like Rabbi Gamaliel. that we already taught this one time. This time we learned in the Mishnah, a woman comes into town, she's a single mother, no, no, not, not married, we ask her, what is the status of this fetus, of the child you're carrying? And Amr Allahim, she says, I had relations with such and such a person, and that person is a Kohen, and therefore, uh, what's the ruling? She is believed. We cannot trust her. We don't live by her mouth, literally. It means we can't trust her, and we cannot say that, 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 that the person was kosher. Now, said, follows follows I mean, if that is then what Baduki means, that you can ask the mother, that would really be going like the halacha following Rabban Gamliel. Why do we have to mention it again over here if we already have that principle, and that's the halachic principle, following Rabban Gamliel Maseches Ksubis? Sigmora suggests like this. You could say that what Abishol is coming to add is that Rabban Gamliel maybe was telling you is that she is believed concerning her own status. Meaning, are you, did you become a zona? Did you have relations with someone you're not allowed to have relations? You're pregnant. And she's in or she's believed. Maybe you could say Rabban Gamliel means she's believed, not Lagabe, her child, the status of the child. She's believed Lagabe herself to say that the person was kosher, therefore she's still allowed to marry a Kohen. However, Rabbi Gamliel is not necessarily referring to the child. What, what Abba Shol is coming to add, not only is she believed, like Rabbi Gamliel said, Legabe herself, but she's also believed for the status of the child. And now we understand what Abba Shol would be adding. It's not, not being a repeating of the sheet of Rabbi Gamliel, it's actually adding to the sheet of Rabbi Gamliel. So when says, maybe you could say, Chada Lahachshir, Rabbi Gamliel was coming to Machshir herself, that she can marry a Kohen and did not become disqualified through that intercourse. But Chada Lahachshir, Vivito, and Abba Shol is adding, she's believed to say that the daughter can marry a Kohen, that the child is kosher for a Kohen. So when says like this, it's a nice answer, but it really depends on a machlokas amaroyim. Because there's this very issue is debated, Meseches Ksuvis, right? So, the answer we just gave works according to the opinion. That when Agamliel says she's believed, he's only believed to be machshir herself, but not the daughter still remains, the, the child she's carrying, if she's going to be a girl, would still be disqualified to a Kohen. Then you could give this answer that even Gamaliel says, believe the God by herself, comes along, Abishol says, no, I hold that she's also believed the God by her child. But El but there is an opinion 
in Masechus Ksuvis that says, that Rabbi Gamliel holds, not only she believed the Gabe herself, but she's also believed the Gabe, the fetus that she's carrying, that she determines the status of the fetus she's carrying being kosher. Well, if that's what Rabbi Gamliel holds, then Abba Shaw is not adding anything new according to that opinion. So therefore, Abba Shaw, my then what is Abba Shaw coming to add? Sigmar so says like this, I will tell you that Abishol is adding something more than what Rabbi Gamliel is. He's still adding something that Rabbi Gamliel was not willing to add. What is that? The Ima Hasam, because if you only learn Maseches Ksuvis and you have only Rabbi Gamliel's position, Hava Amina, I would say that the case over there where Rabbi Gamliel says, a woman is believed concerning herself and even an opinion and concerning her child, he's talking about that she was a single mother. She was a pnuya. She was an unmarried, an unwed mother. So now, if you do the statistics about who is it possible that could disqualify her from the kahuna, and it's talking about, as the Gemara Ksuvah says over there, that the majority of people living in the city were Jewish. So the chances are, first of all, she's ma- she's, she's, she wasn't married, all right? So therefore, you have no problem of Aishas Ish. I, maybe she could become a Zona. That would be someone that's disqualified for her to marry. Majority of the people in this city are Ksherim. The majority are Jewish. They would not disqualify her and they would not disqualify the child. So maybe that's where, Rabba, where, where, where Abba Shaul says you believe her for herself and the child. Well, that's, um, that's what Rabbi Gamliel said. What Abba Shaul over here explains Rashi is coming to add is Abba Shaul says she's believed that this child is called a Baduki even if, let's say she wasn't single, she was known to be an Arusa. Now Arusa means she only had the first stage of marriage, which therefore, if she'd be a Nasua, then you could say it was the husband. But it's not talking about she was a Nasua, she was an Arusa. So either she's an Arusa, so most people that could have had relations with her, other than the husband, would have made the child into a Mamzer. Or it's talking about, says Rashi, where the majority of the city were not Jewish. But still comes along Abishol and says that she has the believability, you can check her, and she can say who the father was to make herself and the child kosher. That is a huge step more than what Rabbi Gamaliel was saying. That's what you could learn over here, Abishol is coming to add. To Ime Hassam, if you only had Rabbi Gamaliel's ruling, Hava, I mean, I would have thought Hassam in that case, that she's believed the Rav Ksherim Metzlov because most of the people are fit to have relations because either she is single and most of the people living in the city are 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 Ksherim, are Jews. What happens if most of the people are Psulim? Raja says either because she's an Aruso or because the city happens to be Rubagoyim. So maybe she should not be believed. If you look at that in out of Gamliel's ruling alone, comes along that's why I need Abishol to tell me that even then she will be believed to say that she and the child are Ksherim. I'm a Rava, I love Abishol, and Rava extends that not just the Allah is like Rabbi Gamliel, but the Allah is actually like Abishol, it's even extending it to where it's Rubik Shepsulim as well, she will still be believed. Okay. So this is the second mission of the Perak. Zagdahilga Mishnah. Kol Asurin Lavai Bikal. Mura sets forth the following principle that anyone that is not able to marry into Kahal. So Raji says, 
that initially we're understanding, for example, Mamzerim, Shtuki, right? So they're not able to marry into Kal, means into Kal Hashem, and to bury into Klal But those type of Sulam, we term Lavo which would mean that Mamzerim, Shtuki, Nasini, Sufi, they're all allowed to marry each other, even though some are Sufik Psul and some are Vada Psul. Yehuda Yehuda says it's disqualified. We don't. He says that that's that's. I mean, us is not permitted. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, he says vadan bevadan muta. The only disqualifications that allowed to marry each other are if they are vadai disqualified. It means like a vadai nasin to a vadai mamzer, but a vadai in besveikun. But let's say a mamzer to a shtuki or a sufi, or a sveikun vada or a shtuki or a sufi to a mamzer or to a nasin that's vadai. Or Sveikim Sveikim, even Sveikos among themselves, it's Osir because you're taking a chance because the Suffolk might be okay. And then it's a Yisrael marrying a, and the other side might be, uh, if it's a Vadai or if it's even two Sveikos, one might be good, one might not be good. It's Osir. Elohen Sveikos, what are the Sveikos? The Shtuki, we, we don't know who the father is. The Sufi, you don't know who the father or the mother is. And the Kusi, this, this Tana holds that Kusim were, the Geirus was a good Geirus, but they did not adhere to the laws of Kedushin and, and, and Nesuin. I mean, Kedushin and, and Gitin, Kedas Kedin, which means that if the divorce wasn't a good divorce and they married someone else and had children, then their moms are, so it's a Suffolk moms are situation. So all of these cases are the case of Suffolk, where it's a Suffolk moms are, we don't know for sure, and in that, that's the case that Rebelezer holds that a Vada is not a lot of mayor Suffolk and a Suffolk is not a lot of mayor Suffolk. So now let's go back to the, uh, the original. It seems to be like three sheet is the Tanakamo, who holds it where, the, where there are Osir to marry to Kahal, their Mutta marry among each other. Rabbi Yehuda says it's Osir. We're going to be focusing right now on what that Machlokus is. So let's start with that first line. Michael Asur in Lava Bekal. What does it mean that the, though anyone is Osir Lava Bekal? So Chayra, Elaim, if you're going to say, like we learned in the first Mishnah, it's the Mamzeirim, the Nasinim, the Shtuki, the Asufi, like Rashi said on the Mishnah. So this is like this. The problem is that this is the second Mishnah of the Perak. The first Mishnah explicitly said, Ha-Tanalei Reisha, Mamzeirim, Nasinim, Shtuki, the Asufi, that are Asur, Lavo, they're not allowed to be marrying to Klal Yisrael, but Mutar and Lavo, Zebazeh. So you're Mamish repeating half a Mishnah here that's already been said in the first Mishnah. But what's the purpose of doing that? Vesu, and furthermore, Rabbi Yehuda Oyser, what is Rabbi Yehuda Asering, right? What exactly, what point is he disagreeing? The principle that's being set down, that, that uh, those Oyser to Valakal and what is exactly is, what case is Rabbi Yehuda disagreeing with? Now, uh, so Rabbi Yehuda Ahai. Now, Elaim, uh, maybe you'll tell me, like we learned yesterday, that there is a machlok, it's been Rabbi Yehuda and the Chachamim, that Rabbi Yehuda holds that a ger who's allowed to marry into Kahal to marry to Klal he's not allowed to marry a mamzer because Kal Geri Ikri Kal. Whereas the Chachamim held that Kal Geri is like Ikri Kal, so they spring, both, they swing both ways. They are allowed to marry uh, into Klal and they're allowed to marry mamzer. And maybe that's the Machlokas. The Tanakama holds that Geri and Mamzerim are allowed to marry with each other, and Rabbi Huda Asr is coming on that case that that Mamzerim and Geri are not allowed to marry each other. So maybe what Rabbi Huda holds is that. Whereas the Tanakama seems to say that a Vada Nosin and a Vada Mamzer can marry a Shtuki and a Sufi, Vada is allowed to marry a Sufik. 
comes along Rabbi Yehuda and he says, Oh, sir, so he said, Can't be, because we already saw Rabbi Eliezer's sheet in the Mishnah. Only if it's Vadai Nosin, Vadai Mamzer, and Mutter marry one another. Vadai Besfek and Svekim Besfek on Osir, but a Vadai with a Sofik or a Sofik, a Sofik is Osir. So Michal, that can infer that Rabbi Yehuda is not holding that position. He says, Lysfirale. So, okay, so where. So what exactly does Rabbi Yehuda hold? So he says, maybe that's referencing what we had yesterday. We had Machlokas yesterday with the Kal Geri Ikri Kal Lekri Kal. means everybody holds a Geri is allowed to marry into Klal Full-fledged Jew can marry into Klal The Shaila is, can he marry a Mamzer? Well, is he considered Kal? Because it's Mamzer Liyav of Kal. If a Geri is Kal, Mamzer can't marry a Geri. But if he's not considered Kal, then he swings both ways. He can marry into Klal but he's also allowed to marry Mamzer. Maybe that's the Machlokas. Bechitem, Rabbi Yehuda Oyser, he's going specifically on the case of a ger and a mamzer. The problem with that is then you'd have to learn that, that somehow in the words of the Tanakama, the Tanakama is saying that a ger is allowed to marry a mamzer. Now, we had that machlokas yesterday, but that's not the point. The point is, where do you see in the Tanakama? Tanakama said a rule that if you're not allowed to marry into kahal, you are allowed to marry among yourself. Now, that doesn't fit the case of Ger, because Ger is allowed to marry into Kahal. So how could Rabbi Yehuda be responding to something that Tanakama said, that you're saying, he's saying that, Tanakama was saying that a mom's allowed to marry a Ger. Where do you see him talking about Chlal about the case of mom's allowed to marry a Ger? He was just talking about a case of whoever's asked to marry into Kahal, right? Ger is mutter to marry into Kahal, so he wasn't talking about a case of a Ger. So where do you see from the Tanakhama that he's referring at all to a ger b'mamzeres, a ger marrying a mamzeres, right? Or a, or a, a, a mamzer marrying a gioris. He says, kol asurin lavakal. He is only referencing cases where it's asur, like a mamzer and a sin, a shtuki, a sufi. But ger wasn't, being, wasn't one of the cases being referenced by the Tanakhama. So how could you be arguing with something that the Tanakhama himself wasn't talking about, right? It's only blah blah blah. Some So therefore, comes along the Amora Rav Yehuda, and he wants to offer a creative answer. I mean, Kahal we understood means Kal Klal Yisrael, and then uh, therefore Asurim Lava Bekal. We said can't refer to the Ger, because a Ger is Mutter Lava Bekal. So he says no. Kal sometimes can refer to the Kal of the Kahuna. It's not referring to Klal of, of all of Klal Yisrael. So the Kal of it is Kal of the Kohanim. So therefore, the, what, what Tanaka was saying, whoever's ushered to marry a Kohen are allowed to get married amongst themselves. That's what it's referring to. Now, it could include the Ger. Ger can't marry a Kohen. So therefore, if a Ger can't marry a Kohen, then you can say, but they're allowed to marry within themselves. They're allowed to Ger, allowed to marry a Mamzer. Comes along Rabbi Yehuda and says, no, I disagree with you. Even though it's true, a Ger can't marry a Kohen, but I don't agree that a Ger can marry a Mamzer. So now we, we, we've, we've taken care of the problem because the word Kahal is not different than Klai Yisrael. If it's Klai Yisrael, then the Ger doesn't fit in. No, it's talking about Kohanim. The Kahal is talking about Kahal Gerim. And that's what it's referenced. But before we get to the main th- th- uh, thrust of how we see the Machlos Behudan, the Mura actually adds a Knech. Kol asurim lavo bekal kahuna that the Tanakam is referring anyone who's also to marry into kal kahuna which includes gerim my nihu what's being added by that statement kiores however dafka if she's pusa mibas shaloshonim v'yoyim echad it has to be that it's including a kiores that's less than three in one day now what it means to say is as follows there is a machlokas between Rav Shimon Yochai and the Chachamim Rav Shimon ben Yochai holds that the only time 
a Gioris cannot marry a Kohen is if it's a Gioris that is above the age of three and one day. Because there they got a cheskas ba'ula, they they're 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 promiscuous by the as before they converted, and we have to say that the chances were she was nivel to a guy becomes a zona and becomes a psul of zona to a kohen. Therefore, but if it should be less than three and one day, she actually then the bia is not a bia, so she cannot become disqualified as a zona, and she could marry a kohen. So therefore, we'll see why. But the Gemara is saying that the tana kama of our mishnah, the tana of our mishnah. What type, when he says that we're talking about that they're not allowed to marry Kohanim, he's not only talking about Gioris that's above three in one day, but even Gioris below three in one day, because it's not going like Shimon Yochai. Because if it would be going like a Shimon Yochai, then you could only be talking about above three in one day, because below three in one day would be able to marry a Kohen. Now we'll see why you have to learn that's shot in the Mishnah, but the Mishnah is not like Rabbi Shimon Yochai, it's going like the Shidrachamim. The low Rabbi Shimon Yochai. Therefore, their Gioris, then according to Tanakam, is allowed to marry a Mamzer, and Rabbi Huda comes along and says that a Gioris is not allowed to marry a Mamzer. That's how you'd learn the Machlok, because he also is going on that case. Now, Frek the Gemara, the why are you making it go not like Rabbi Shimon Yechai, and saying it's talking about the Gioris, we're talking about even less than three in one day. Why? So this is a Nukma Bevashal Hashan of Yechad. Why can't it be Dafka talking above three in one day, and then it could be a filler of Shimon Yechai? Why can't it be going like Rabbi Shimon Yechai? Gemara says the reason why you can't fit the Tanakhama into the wording of Rav Shimon Yochai is because his shita, then you would have, you would be able to slug up that pshat with another kasha. Because imkain mitzida tavra from the side it's broken, meaning that there's a question, an imminent question that would be followed up. If you're going to learn, it's going like Rav Shimon Yochai, and we're only talking about a gioris that can't marry a kohen because it's above three in one day, then I'd be able to ask you right away a kasha. Because then it would come out, if it's going like Rav Shimon Yochai, what would be the din if it's a gioris less than three? Taka would be muteris to marry a kohen. All right? Muteris lava bakal, kuhuna. Now the problem is, if that's the case, then the principle has to work both ways. Whoever is usher to marry a Kohen is mutter to marry one another. But it must be that if you're mutter to marry a Kohen, then it's usher to marry one another. But now the principle wouldn't, wouldn't work. Why? The inference of the principle wouldn't work. Because less than three in one day, if she converted less than three in one day, that type of a gior, as we said, according to Shimon Yochai, is mutter to marry a Kohen. But then what come out is also to marry a Mamzer. But it's not true. The Tanakhama's shita is that all gioris are mutter lavoi, all uh, is mutter to marry a Mamzer. It's mutter lavoi, zavzekal, geirim, loikrikal. According to Tanakhama, he's not machalik between less than three and more than three, legabe, the din of Mamzer. If she's a gioris, she's allowed to marry a Kohen. And the principle would come out that if it's a gioris less than three, according to the Tanakama can marry a Kohen, she should be a suru to a Mamzer. And we know that's not true. But therefore, it won't work in the sheet of Shemin Yechai. But the principle does work, at least for now, in the sheet of the Chacham. Because there's no difference between above the age of three, below the age of three. They're all a suru to Kohen, and they're all Muteris le Mamzer. That's why. So then when it says like this, so you would have had... Um, you would have been able to ask... Uh, uh, kahuna, it should be asura lava zebeze, 
And we know that's not true. Yet we know that if it's less than three in one day, according to Shimon Yochai, it's Muteres Lava Bekal, that she is allowed to marry Kalka Kohen, but she's also Muteres Lava Zebazed, allowed to marry a Mamzer too. And according to the principle, it should come out would be Osir. Therefore, the Tanakhama cannot be the Shita of Rab Shimon Yochai. But the problem with this answer, okay, this was version number. Three. What's the problem with this answer? The klalo is that a rule? Is that a steadfast rule? To call asur in lava bekal kahuna. If you asur to marry a kohen, then you're allowed to marry psulim. You're allowed to marry a mamzer. Let's say mutar lava zebazeh. What about other cases? I'll, there are cases that are not genealogical, but they're because a woman's an almona can't marry a kohen gadol. A grusha she's not allowed to marry a regular kohen. Chalolo. There was a the re, a result of a a a Cohen and a Grusha, let's say. So now those are not allowed to marry Cohen. Almona Grusha and Chalolo are right. Vizona and Azona, a woman that had relations with someone she shouldn't have had relations with. The Asur in love of a Kahal should come a Kahal Kahuna. So what should be the Din? And because of that rule, they should be Mutu Mamzer. But it's not true. A Mamzer is not allowed to marry a Chalola or a Grusha or an Almona. They're regularly Israelim. They're considered part of Kahal. It's also to a Mamzer. So their Asur in love is a Bezeh. So that, first of all, the rule doesn't work. If you're learning Kahal means Kahal Hashem, we're trying to make it work. It doesn't work. Vesu Ha mutter, also the flip side doesn't work. Where you're mutter to marry a Kohen, it should become now it's also to marry a Mamzer. Vahare Ger. The, the, the case of Ger is the one that's Mamish doesn't work. A Ger is mutter to marry. Uh, a Ger is mutter to marry a Kohenis. We know that by a male, the Isser Kohuna, a male can't marry a Gioris, but a female is allowed to marry a Ger. We learned that a Baskon can marry a Ger. So therefore, you should say if a Baskon can marry a Ger, then a Baskoen. Then, then a, a, a Bas Cohen, I'm sorry, can marry a Ger, should come out. A Ger can marry a Bas Cohen. A Ger should not be able to marry a Mamzerus using that, the flip side rule. So therefore, I, Var Ger, and yet it's still Mutter be Mamzerus. You see, the principle doesn't work both in terms of when it's usher to. Uh, it, it doesn't mean the Almonic and, and, and Grusha and Halola who are also to marry a Kohen, they're not Mutter and a Mamzer. And on the other hand, who are Mamzer, who, uh, the cases where, for example, a Ger is allowed to marry a Kohenis, a Ger is allowed to marry a Kohenis, he's not also in a Mamzeres. A Ger is Mutter and a Mamzeres. So the principle doesn't work, the, this third version. So now we're going to have a fourth version, I believe it is. Ger el Amar Rav Nosen he is going to try and still go with the same. He's going to try the same answer that we gave before, that we're talking about Kal is Kal Kahuna, but he's going to circumvent the question we had before. And the way he's going to understand what it means as follows, is that when it says that anyone that the coins also to meet, means any offspring from a psul, if the coin can't, is, is not allowed to marry the daughter, then the parent that created the psul is allowed to marry a mamzer. That's how he's going to explain it. Means the Tanakama holds that if there is a, a, a that the product of a union that resulted in the child being ushered to a kohen, so the psul that was involved in that union is usher, is going to be mutter to a kohen. When the child is, let, let's say it again. If the child is so, if the child is 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 asura to a Kohen, then the parent that created that child is mutter to a mamzer, right? And the flip side will be inferred the same thing, that if the, the child is 
mother to a Kohen, then the parent's going to be also to a mom. So that's the inference that's going to be made. But now what you've done now is you've taken care of the problem of Grusha, Almana, Grusha, Zona. You've taken care of all those problems because the questions we had over there is not going to apply because their children, since it's not, gene- it's not genetic, their children talk are mutter. So that'll be a case where the Kohen can marry the child, the parent, he's not allowed to marry a mamzer. That's, that was the question we had on the earlier shot. It's not going to be oppressed anymore. So therefore, again, if the Kohen is not allowed to marry the daughter of a certain union, Right, Umay Neil. What's the example of that's example is when the daughter is going to be a Gioris. Now the Gemara picks the position. We'll see in a moment why. Of what creates a daughter that's a Gioris if both her parents were Gerim. Gershon also Gioris. That is the Shita of Rabbi Lezben Yaakov. Rabbi Lezben Yaakov holds only if both parents are Gerim does the child get the Ger the, the gene. So where the child is a Ger gene, the Tanakama holds is that a Kohen, since a Kohen is not allowed to marry the child, the parents who are both Gerim are not allowed to ma- are now are allowed to marry Mamzerim. So where the the child is also to a Kohen, the parent is mutter lavazeb means mutter to a mamzer. And that works. Mutter lavazeb Now, just as a side point, just right, why are we going with the sheet of Elozeb and Yaakov that holds that both parents have to be gayrim in order for the child to be disqualified as a ger? He says there is an opinion that disagrees with him, which is holds that if the father's a ger and the mother's a basisrol, the child will still be disqualified as a ger. The reason the Gemara doesn't pick that is because that's the sheet of Rabbi Yehuda. Now, the Tanakama has to be arguing with Rabbi Yehuda. So the Tanakama cannot be Rabbi Yehuda. You have to pick somebody that Tanakama has. So we're picking the sheet of Elizabeth Yaakov. So it's not going like Rabbi Yehuda because Rabbi Yehuda can't be arguing with himself. So therefore, it comes out like this. So the Tanakama holds that if the child is going to be a Gioris, which means that now is disqualified to marry a Kohen, then her parents are mutter to marry Mamzerim. On that comes along, Rabbi Yehuda says, no, I hold that Gerim and Allah to marry Mamzerim, and therefore I don't agree with the principle that is being set forth by the Tanakhama. So, no, let's see, look at this. So, therefore, goes when Yaakov, Mutarin, Lava, Zebazer. Okay, that therefore they're allowed to marry Mamzerim. Say, Mutarin, who is that? A set fast rule. To call Shekohen Osir, that when the offspring, the child, the Kohen cannot, at least as Bito, wherever the offspring is, the child, the child born from that union, that offspring, the Kohen cannot marry. Then the parent, the one who created the Psul, Mutar and Lava Zebazel, a lot of marry Zebazel, Zebazel meaning marry Mamzerim. Let's take a care. The father is a Chalal, and the uh, mother is a Yisraelis. The Gemara is under the assumption right now is the Chalal gene does pass to his daughter. So Chalol married a Bas Yisrael. The daughter is going to be a Chalolo. And therefore, HaKohen also Lisabito. So that daughter, the Bas Chalol, is considered to be a Chalolo. And she's not allowed to marry a Kohen. Should come up, you move up now to the one that gave her this qualification as her father, Father Chalol, should be allowed to marry a Mamzeris. But we know it's not true. Chalol is a Yisrael. He can't marry a Mamzeris. But he's also asked to marry a Mamzeris. So you see the principle doesn't work. The daughter can't, the Kohen can't marry the daughter and the father, the, the, the father is, not allowed, is not allowed to marry a Mamzeris. not a mutter to marry a Mamzeris. But it's like Kasha. Because we can say the Tanakama holds like the sheet of Reb Destoy Ben Yehuda. What is Reb Destoy and Yehuda hold, he holds that when the father's a Chalal and the mother's a Bas Yisrael, she's Matayr, she purifies, the daughter is not a Chalala, and therefore it doesn't violate the principle, because the daughter then is Muteris to a Kohen, which therefore the father was a Chalal, is also to a Mamzer. So therefore, right, so says, okay, fine, it works in that case, where the father was a Chalal and the mother was a 
Bas Yisrael. But let's take a case where both parents were halalim. So there's no argument that the father's a halal, the mother's a halal, child's going to be a halal. Child's a halal, cannot marry a kayan. Should mean that the parent are allowed to marry mamzerim. Not true. Halal and a halal are not allowed to marry mamzerim. So when v'arei halal shenaz a halolo, the kayan also lisa bito, the offspring, it's also to marry a kohen. Right? And yet the parents aren't allowed to marry mamzerim, so therefore it goes against the rule. All right? So therefore the direct statement of the rule, that where the kain is usr, the parent is mutter, that doesn't work. Because we have a case now, the parents are halolim, they're not allowed to marry mamzerim. That doesn't work. And the inference doesn't work either. And furthermore, ha mutter, that's in, in, from the principles, infer the opposite, that if a kohen is allowed to marry the daughter, that means the parent is usr, according to Tanakama. To marry a mamzer. Let's take a case where a ger marries a bas Yisrael. All right? So we're saying, this is, not, this is going like Rabbi Elizabeth and Yaakov. So a ger that marries a bas Yisrael, both parents were not gerim. Child's going to be mutter to marry a kohen. The kohen mutter lisa bito should come up now. Since a kohen can marry the daughter, the father cannot marry a mamzeris. And we know should not be allowed, and we know it's not true. A ger, according to the Tanakama, they hold the kal gerim lo ikri kal, is that is allowed to marry a mamzeis, mutalavo zebezeh, according to Tanakama. So the chayra, uh, that doesn't work either. So let's try now a new version. So El Amar Rav Nachman Amar Rabba Baravua, he's going to have another way, creative way to learn what's shot in the Mishnah. What is the machlok between the Tanakama and Rabbi Yehuda. So the machlok is going to be as follows. The Tanakhama holds that Mamzerim allowed to marry Mamzerim, even some Mamzerim allowed to marry Suffolk Mamzerim. Included in that is Mamzerim, whether the parents, the union to form that Mamzer was a Chiyuv Misa, which everybody holds. That if it's a Chiyuv Misa, Eishas Ish, the child is a Mamzer. But he holds even, let's say it's incest, all right, which there it's a chiv kores, it's also considered to be a mamzer. And, th- and if you have one mamzer from an ashes ish and one mamzer from an ancestral relationship, they can marry each other because they're both mamzerim. Comes along of Yehuda, he answers, because he says a mamzer is only from a chiv misa, a mamzer is not from a chiv kores. And therefore, where the one mamzer, the parents were from an, it was, was an ashes ish situation, whereas in the other case, it was a, uh, a choso situation, mamzer and a choso, which according to Rabbi Yehuda is not a mamzer, therefore it's oser. That's the case he's referring to. So therefore, it could be talking about kal Hashem, and, and, but the rule that's being set, is what he's arguing with that with, with, with that rule is specifically the two cases when a mom's allowed to marry a mom's or that's the case because according to Tanakam it's mashma all mamzerim allowed to marry all mamzerim he has a broad definition of mamzerus both chiyuv misa and chiyuv kares on that nakuda Rabbi Yehuda is disagreeing us sir because only mamzer only chiyuv misa not chiyuv kares that's what he wants to suggest so hacha mamzer ma'achoyso mamzer ma'eshes ish ikabenayu the case is that when it's a mamzer from ma'achoyso which is a chiyuv kares from marrying a, 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 having allowed to marry a mamzer from eshes ish that's going to be the difference between them. Tanakama savar afilu mamzer ma'choso nami that e, that an, a mamzer from Ashes ish is allowed to marry a mamzer ma'choso because nami have a mamzer because they're both mamzer and therefore both mamzers can marry one another. Rabbi Yudas savar me Ashes ish have a mamzer chiv misa makes it a mamzer but achoso lo have a mamzer achoso lo considered to be a mamzer. So when says again, I hear that that does fit the wording. But my kamash malan, what's the chiddush over here? Does he tell me they're arguing about what the definition of a mamzer is? 
Masechus Yavamas, we have a Mishnah that brings down explicitly three shitas of what is considered Mamzer. We don't need to repeat this information in Masechus Kedushin. Tanina already, Ezu Mamzer, we learned in a Mishnah in Yavamas, Daf Memtes, what's considered to be a Mamzer. Kol Shubala Yavo, Rabbi Akiva is the most stringent opinion. If it's a low sase, below Yavo, that already creates a Chi of Mamzer. That's Rabbi Akiva Shita. Shimonat Timni, who we pass in like Omer Kol Shechayva Lav Kores, even Kores, not Losa, say, but a Chiv Kores, Bidei Shama, the Vlad's a Mamzer, and for sure Chiv Misa. And Allah Kedvar of like Rabbi Shimonat Timni. And Rabbi Yeshua Omer, which is going to be Rabbi Yehudah's Shita over here, Kol Shechayva and Lav Misa's based, Omer's Chiv Misa's based in. But the point is, there's no need to bring that machlokas down again if it's explicitly in Masechus, uh, in, in Masechus Yavama, so why do they have to be arguing about that particular case? Now the Gemara gives the final answer to resolve the machlokas between the Tanakama and Rabbi Yehuda. So, El Amarova, Ger The difference between them, which seems to be the difference between the machlokas of Tanakama and Rabbi Yehuda is the case of Ger Amoni Moavi. Now, what, what does that mean? So what he's saying is the Tanakhama saying is that a Ger Amoni Ger Moavi, which are Asura, even after they, they convert until Asura, ten, 10 generations, they are for sure mutter to marry uh, a, 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 a Mamzeris. They cannot allow to marry into Klausrol. Since they can't marry into Klausrol, then they're mutter to marry amongst themselves. They can marry Mamzerim. So now... That all of those that are also bekal, what's added to the list we already had in the Mishnah? My new Geramonia Moavi, Mutam Lava Zebazeb. Moses says, if so, then Rabbi Yehuda is going to be difficult to understand. Even the Rabbi Yehuda held that a regular ger is also to marry a mamza. That's because a regular ger is Mutam Lava Bekal. But a Geramonia Moavi, who's also Lava Bekal, he will agree is Mutam to marry a mamza. So why is he arguing? The Moses says, you're right. And this is the way Rashi learns it. Actually, there is no machlokas between the Tanakhama and Rabbi Yehuda. It's all going like the sheet of Rabbi Yehuda, and the Tanakama is Rabbi Yehuda's sheet, which is disagreeing with the Tana of the first of the, of the of the Mishnah, the original Tana, the original Mishnah, the first Mishnah, meaning the original Mishnah held that a kal gerim lo ikrikal, and therefore ger is mutter in Yisroel, and a man ger is also mutter in a mamzer. So Yehuda disagrees because he holds kal gerim. Uh, he holds the Tanakhama holds Karagrayim Lo Yikrikal, Yehuda holds Kal Gerim Ikrikal, and a Ger is not allowed to marry Mazeris. Our Mishnah in here is telling you there's an exception. If it's a Ger Amoni Ger Moavi, since they are Osir to Kahal, they can never go into Klaisrol, Adasaradoros, therefore they are Mutmem Mamzer. And the way to read Vahachika Amar, Avobish Rabbi Yehuda Osa, the Rabbi Yehuda Osa means even though Rabbi Yehuda disagreed with Tanakama and he answered a regular ger marrying a Mamzer, but that Rabbi Osa Gerba Mamzeres, he normally answers a Gerba Mamzeres, Hani Mili, that's a ger to Roy Lavabakal, because he holds since a ger is Mutalavabakal, so therefore it's Osa to marry into a Mamzer. Aval Gera Moavi, that's his shita. To Ainru in Lavakal, since they can't enter Kahal, Lai, they are not allowed to uh uh it's uh say uh Lo, there he does not 
prevent them from marrying a mamzer, and they are allowed to marry a mamzer because they're not allowed to enter into Kahal. That is, so therefore, according to the last answer, it's really all one shita, disagreeing with the first Mishnah. The second Mishnah holds only if it's a Garamonian Moavi, but not a regular gear. A regular gear, the second Mishnah holds, would not be allowed to marry a mamzer. Have a good day.